0: I'm excited about this morning's message. I've um, got a great message for you. And last time I spoke, we talked about um, the fact that, that we can sometimes be so obsessed with, with, with camping in the wilderness that we actually never step into the promise that God has for us. We, we find ourselves living in the wilderness or camping in the wilderness rather than stepping in to the promise. And as a nation of Australians. We're pretty obsessed with camping, aren't we? The, the outdoors industry, the camping industry is huge. Um, I'm certainly somebody that, that loves that. Um, but I, I was amused. I, I read a book years ago by a friend of mine, Jossie Chukko, and, and Jossie was born in, in India and came to Australia. And one of the things that he could not understand uh, about Australians was that they would have these nice houses and then they would leave their nice houses to go and sleep in a tent. And he said, I just can't understand that. No one would ever do that in India and it didn't make sense to him. And maybe it doesn't make sense to us, but we love it and and and, and we do that. Um, I can also report to you that um, over the long weekend that we got to... Take our caravan on its maiden trip. That was a caravan that we bought at the beginning of of this season that we've all been through. Sat in the driveway, hasn't been able to go anywhere. Now we've been out with it, had some fun, um, found out some of the things that we want to do to it, uh, and we had a great weekend. So that was amazing. But you know, the great Australian dream is to buy a home and then buy a whole lot of gear so we can get away from that home and go camping. And perhaps that's what Jossie was finding a little bit hard to, to understand. And, and it's interesting, isn't it? Um, if, if, I love, if, I, if I love the camping almost more than my home, perhaps my home is going to suffer. If my house, my primary dwelling, doesn't get the attention or the priority it needs... Things can go a little bit pear shaped, and I've been guilty of that. We had this amazing little cottage in Lena Valley, and, and, you know, for years, you know, life was busy, and we did all sorts of things, and there were a lot of things that needed to be done to it. Uh, and, and perhaps, you know, during that season, I didn't place, place a high enough value um, on the house, and, and that house suffered. And, you know, the, the, there were leaks, there were all sorts of things, and, and when we sold that house, we, we had it fixed up beautifully. And, um, and, and it was a great little place. But when I look back, I think, yeah, there are times I, I should have given that place a little bit more love. And, and sometimes we, you know, we don't place priorities on, on the things that are most important. And, and sometimes we can find ourselves, you know, loving something that is actually not our destiny and, and putting too much effort into that rather than the things that are our destiny, destiny. So the question that I asked last time was, are we camping in the wilderness are we or are we living in the promise? And the Hebrew people spent 40 years camping in the wilderness before they began to live in the promise. And they had been liberated from bondage, they had been liberated from serving the, uh, the dreams and, and the monuments and, and the legacy of a foreign king, um, but it actually took 40 years for a generation who thought like slaves and lived like campers, to give way to a new generation that would believe a promise and take up occupancy of a land and build their own monuments and legacy. I, I want to really challenge you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning that you are not called to live like a camper. Um, camping's great. Camping's fun. We should, we should enjoy it. But, but, you know, when we think about the bigger and the more important issues of life, we're not called to live like campers. We're not called to build the dreams and the legacy of a foreign king. You're not called to spend the next 40 years camping. You are not called to tread water or run on a treadmill. You're not called to walk around the same mountain. So often I think as Christians, one of the things that as a pastor that sometimes I feel very sad about, and it's something that we're constantly wanting to encourage and help people with, is that we have been set free but we often spend so much of our life going around the same mountain or going through the same problem when we've actually been set free from it. And it's one of the frustrations that that we see. And you've probably seen it in friends, you've seen it in yourself, and I've seen it in myself, but we're not called to live that way. You're not called to walk around the same mountain. You're not called to be controlled by the same problems. You are called to promise. You are called to take up residence. You are called to breakthrough. And I, I just want to pray here this morning. I, I believe there are people here uh, and you're listening to this in your lounge room, in your car, in your bedroom, wherever you are. But I'm speaking to people right now and you know you need breakthrough. You know that there are things going on in your world that are controlling areas of your life that are controlling circumstances. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's it, it's a way of thinking. Maybe it's a financial situation. But, you know, that is crippling you at the moment and you need breakthrough in that. And, and I'm going to pray for you now. And, and it's, it's, it's just my prayer alone is not going to bring breakthrough. But, you know, as you allow the Holy Spirit to meet you where you're at, as you allow the Holy Spirit to challenge your thinking, Thinking you can actually start to step in to the breakthrough that God has for you because he does not want you contained in that. So we're going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, I just believe that there are people listening right here this morning. There are people listening that they know that they need breakthrough, that they know that they need to be set free of some things. They know that they need to step out from where they are, that they know that they need to move forward and they feel some fear about that. It feels hard. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just meet them where they are now, that there'll be a confidence that would rise in them, that you would lead them into breakthrough, that they would actually start to receive the breakthrough on the inside. You would transform their thinking. You would actually cause a belief to rise up in them. That means that they step into it in Jesus name. Amen. And I'm unbelieving. Why don't you... Why don't you encourage us? Why don't you even right now on the Facebook feed, some of you have got amazing testimonies of breakthrough. Why don't you um, share some of those testimonies of breakthrough e- e- even now or, or afterwards? Just just share stories of breakthrough. Those who are believing for breakthrough, why don't you write those down, um, either as a private message or if you're happy to do it publicly, just share some of those things you're believing for. We'll stand in that together. But the important thing is that you receive breakthrough on, on the because you are called to promise you 're called to take up presidents you are called to breakthrough you're called to be influence you 're called to shape the future and the destiny of this and future generations you are called to greatness you are called to significance and, and I can hear people saying right now well dave you know what that's that 's not very humble isn 't it I think I thought as Christians that we're called to be servants. We're called to be the servants of all. Well, yeah, that's that's really, really true. But let me explain that a little bit. You know that that you are actually called to serve Jesus, the king of kings. You are called to serve your fellow man. You're called to take on the spirit of a servant. But we are called to serve a great king and build his kingdom. Um, in fact, Jesus said, if you want to be great in his kingdom, you've got to be the servant of all, but nothing could be greater or more significant than serving the king of kings and building his kingdom. You are called to do something that matters. You are called to do something that is of incredible significance and is incredibly great. Nothing could be more exciting or more fulfilling. That's That's actually what our upcoming reset series and we've been talking about that and you'll hear more about that. But that's what it's all about. And just let me explain to you what, what we're believing for with our reset series. You know what? You were created on purpose for a purpose. There is not a person who is listening to this this morning who wasn't created for a purpose. There is not a person who is an accident. God actually saw you and he loved you before the creation of the world. You know what? He lives outside of time and space. He actually created you for a purpose and he did that on purpose. But we live in a world that is intrinsically broken. Um, And that purpose for so many of us has been lost, confused or buried in the noise and the confusion of this world. You know, our reset series, we want to show you how to quieten the noise, how to clear the confusion and how to point you towards God's abundant intention for you. No one needs to continually go around in circles or live without hope. And Jesus came to offer you liberty from the power of a broken world. He wants to free you from that, to transform you by the renewing of your mind, and release you from destructive patterns or influences. He will restore you to live in all that God intended for you and to find true fulfillment in his family and his kingdom. We're going to cover all those areas. We're going to cover what it means to, to live in liberty. We're going to cover what it means to go through the process of transformation. You know, when you, when you come to Jesus, you get instant freedom uh, um, and, and you get liberty from the bondage of this world and, and you are a new creation in, in, in your spirit. But you know what? The, the process of being transformed is, is a journey. It's a lifetime. We're all on that and we've got to commit to that process. You know, you, you, he wants to restore you. He wants to put you back to the original purpose that he intended for you. And, and we've, we've actually got to be transformed so that we can go back to that and, and and restored to that. And he wants you to find fulfillment in his kingdom and his family. Nothing can be more exciting. And, and that's coming up. So I want to encourage you. Get ready for that. Um, start to share that. Start to think about it, um, because, you know, that's. That's something very exciting that we're going to do on Thursday nights. Uh, it's going to happen live here at or It's also going to be streamed um, so that all of us can be part of that. We're very excited about that. So get ready for that. As many of you know, um, I'm, a, I'm an avid cyclist. And um, one of the things that, that I do after having a, a few accidents is that um, I just about always pray this prayer when I, when I leave. Um, sometimes it's down the road a bit, but but I, I, I try to pray this prayer as I leave, uh, going out cycling. I, I say, Lord, keep me focused. Say, Lord, keep me alert, and Lord, keep me safe. And and the the focus. Wh- wh- why do I pray that? I, I want to be focused on what's ahead of me. I, I want to not get distracted from looking down the road, from seeing where I'm going, from understanding what is ahead of me and keeping my vision where it needs to be. Why do I want to be alert? It's about being alert to those things that are coming at me, Um, you know, things that are coming out from the side, a a, a car that perhaps may not have seen me. I want to be alert to changing conditions and and those things. And and the safety, I'm actually asking God to, to look after the things that are outside of my control, the things that I can't control. And and I and I wanna I want to talk just for a moment about focus. You know, what you focus on determines where you see. You know, my focus at the moment, I'm standing here and I am focusing on you. Even though I can't see you, I'm focusing on a piece of glass in front of me, a camera. And that determines actually where my gaze goes. And that determines where I connect at the moment. And my focus will determine where I go. And what you focus on will determine where you end up. What you choose to focus on grows. Have you noticed um, that, that if you focus on an area of your garden, um, mostly it, it actually grows better than the areas that you don't focus on. Um, the weeds grow without focus, of course, so that's not quite true. But you know what? The, the, the area that you focus on actually takes a form that you intend for it. So what we focus on grows. So this morning, if we want to move from camping in the wilderness to building a future... I think I think we've got to understand that as kingdom people, you know, we're not just here to take up space. We're not just here to camp in the wilderness. We're here to build a future. We're here to 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 significantly see God work in a generation. We're here to see his kingdom come. And, And I'm excited about the opportunities that we have as a church and what we're stepping into. And I think as a church that we've got to understand that that we're not camping in a literal sense as we develop this. Uh, building that we've got here in Moona, We've got to understand we're not camping. Uh, we're actually building something for the community and we're building something for generations to come. We're doing that. But, but, but even bigger than that, who we are as a church, who you are as a person, you are not called to camp. You're called to be part of building uh, a future. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we go from camping to building a future? How do we go from camping sometimes in the wilderness to building a future? And I, and I love the 23rd Psalm. It says, even though I go through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no ill." In other words, I am not going to stop in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm actually going to walk through those things at times. I'm not going to set up camp in those places, but I'm going to allow the good shepherd, which is Jesus, to lead me through those places. So we're going to make sure that we don't find ourselves camping in the wilderness. So number one, I think you've got to focus... On your first love. And and, and Jesus, one of the hardest things that he said in the book of Revelation was to the church at Laodicea. And he said, you know what? He said, I've got this thing against you. You've forgotten your first love. You're not hot or cold. You're lukewarm. And, And he said, there's a sickening feeling about that. You know, have you ever been part of a relationship where it's gone lukewarm? It's sort of like it doesn't feel good and that's what jesus was saying you know do we do we love the wilderness more than the promise do you love you know sometimes we can we can love we can love the confusion we can love mediocrity we can we can sort of love where we are even though we don't sort of you know, really think it's the future, but we can find comfort in where we are. And we actually can love the wilderness more than the promise. Have we fallen in love with second best rather than what God has called us into? Have we sort of uh, we like the the old song you know where it says if you can't be with the one you love love the one you're with and sometimes we actually choose to to to, to actually put our affection and our focus on what is around us rather than what we're being called to you know we've got to focus on our first love in, in Galatians Paul writes this he says in Galatians three fourteen he says through Jesus Christ God blessed the Gentiles that that's all those people. that that weren't born as Jews, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham, in other words, the father of Israel, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Isn't that cool? That through Jesus Christ, God has Bless the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. If we are followers of Jesus, we are part of that blessing. You know what? There are seven parts to that blessing. He said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. In other words, God promises you as a follower of Jesus that you will be a great nation. You are part of a kingdom that is bigger and greater than anything else you could be part of. You are called to significance. He said, I will bless you. God wants to bless you. He actually wants to give you more than you expect so that you can be a blessing to other people. I will make your name great. In other words, what you do is going to matter. What you do is actually going to to make a difference. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will... That's number five. Number six, I will curse those who curse you. In other words... God's looking after those things that are beyond your control. And, and He's actually causing things to work together for your good. And, and number seven, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can you dare to believe that your extended family will be blessed because you believe in the name of Jesus and you live that out in humility? Can you dare to believe that your street will be blessed because Jesus is in you? You know what, I think we've got to start to move from camping to being people of the promise and being part of the blessing. Because you know what, Jesus does want to bless your street through you. Jesus does want to bless Moona and the northern suburbs through your church. Jesus does want to use us as a church to reach a city and beyond. You know what, we are blessed to be a blessing. As followers of Jesus, let's make sure that we love Jesus first. We focus on his promises and we live in his blessing. Let's move from camping to building. Let's move from camping in the wilderness to building a future. So number two, I think think we've got to focus on our first belief. Focus on our first belief. You see, a generation of Hebrews had to perish in the wilderness because of their unbelief. It says this in... In Hebrews 3.19, this is in the New Testament. This is a long time after this happened. And and the writer of the Hebrews says, so we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. You see, their belief system was like that of a slave. Their, Their point of reference was one of fear and punishment. And you've got this whole generation of people. They, they would have thought it was pretty amazing that they had been freed from being slaves, freed, um, from being in chains, from being in bondage to, to, to horrific, horrific, horrible situation where they were abused and punished and their life would have been miserable. They would have been over the moon that they were, that they were set free of that. But, but their thinking and their mindset didn't allow them to move into a position of belief. they They were stuck in that place. If you talk to somebody who has been through significant trauma or significant abuse, they can be on the other side of that trauma. They can be on the other side of that abuse. But their thinking, their decisions and their reactions are so often still ruled by it. And it it takes time and it takes healing for people to go through that. And and that's why Paul writes, he says, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. You see, when we we follow Jesus, when we allow him to work supernaturally in us, he wants to renew our minds. We, We need to allow him to do that. We need to commit to the process of the Holy Spirit challenging and renewing and reshaping our thinking and establishing new patterns for us. And then we are able to move from unbelief to belief. I think belief is a decision, but grabbing hold of it so often is a process. Are you willing to commit to the process? Paul again writes in Romans 12 verse 2, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. That means to be happy to camp in the wilderness, but be transformed. In other words, be made new by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing will. And I think we've got to take hold of that. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds rather than, conforming to our circumstances to our situation to those people I prayed for this morning where you're believing for breakthrough don't don't conform to your circumstances but be transformed by what God is saying to you and and, and I think we've, we've got to grab hold of those things um, In John three eighteen, it says this it says there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him isn't that cool There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Jesus, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. In the belief in him... We are set free. Sometimes we can think, "Oh, yeah, God wants to judge me because I don't believe." No, you're already judged because you don't believe. It's our unbelief that means that 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 we are that we are judged, that we're not set free of that judgment. But when we choose to believe in Jesus, we are set free from that judgment that was already on us, and, and that is a powerful thing. You see that the Hebrews had actually been set free um, from from the the bondage of Egypt of being and they had it, but their thinking didn't allow them to move into it. And, and when you become to Jesus, you are set free from that, but we need to be transformed and we need to actually love him first so that we are, are able to step into that. Jesus said this, and listen, this is really cool. He says in John 15, in 15, 15, if I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves... Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. You are free to serve, but you are not a slave in bondage to a master. You are free to serve Jesus. And the amazing thing is, as kingdom people, we can have the heart and the spirit of a servant because we have freedom to serve. But, but we are not held, uh, we're not held in bondage by a past. We're not held back by, by somebody standing over us and saying, you must do this and trying to control things. No, we are free to serve Jesus. To move from camping in the wilderness to building a future, I think number three, you've got to focus on your new life. Focus on your new life. And as I thought about this, I, I was, I was wanting to, to almost write that we, we actually, there are, there are things that, that we need to, to put to death. And I, I don't, I think we don't need to focus on those things, but we've got to focus on the new life and that we've got to be, we've got to be bold enough to actually hand over the things that are old and let them go and let them die. And, um, the Hebrews were focused on their old life in Egypt. And in Egypt, they were miserable. But as they stu- trug- struggled to trust and believe, they started to yearn for the old again. The old started to seem better than the unknown. Have you ever found that? You know, people say, oh, better better the devil you know than the one you don't. In other words, they're saying, you know, you're, the circumstances you have might be better than what you don't know. But I want to encourage you that... that, that If we're going to step into the new, we can actually do that with confidence because we actually have a good, good God. We have a God who is wanting to do us good. He is wanting to do you good. And the more that we understand his nature, the more that we understand his heart, the more that we actually trust him into the unknown. And the problem for the Hebrews is, yes they 'd been set free of the slavery of Egypt, but Egypt was still alive and living in them and, and the problem was egypt wouldn 't come out of them and their Their problem was all they knew all they knew was was abuse and mistreatment and judgment and, and when and when God started to lead them, their, their view of God. Was, was was shaped by their experience in Egypt. And they were unable to trust him. They were unable to think, oh no, he's going to do us good because they were so shaped by where they'd been as a slave. And, and so often, you know, where we've been wants to shape us and stop us seeing God for who he is. But you know what? He is a good, good God. He actually wants to do you good. He wants to lead you into the future and he has good things for you. So I want to encourage you this morning. You know, let's not be be the generation that has to die in the wilderness let's be the generation that realizes that our god has good things for us so that we can actually step out of that and start to build what he's called us to build a generation had to die before they had the belief to receive the promise what is it in you perhaps that has to die what have you got to let go of so that you have a greater level of belief to believe the promises that you have and 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 maybe sometimes before you can believe you've actually you 've got to say you 've got to say holy Spirit come and show me what I've got to let go of so that I can actually choose to go to a new level of belief. And and as even we've been praying for people for breakthrough this morning, I believe that that right now you you actually almost need to to ask the Holy Spirit to come and show you some of the things that you let go of so there is room for a new level of belief to actually rise in you so God can start to lead you into some of those things. You need to be prepared to let the old die. And that rolls off the tongue pretty well, but often it's a very painful thing. Even, even, our, even our hurts, even our brokenness can feel like it's precious to us. And you know what? We've got a good, good father. He's not wanting to smash you. He's actually just wanting to gently lead you and allow you to let go of those things so he can bless you with the blessing of Abraham so that you can be blessed to be a blessing so that you can build an incredible future so that you can step in to the significance that he has for you. I um, I was given this quote this week and it says yearning for a new way will not produce it. Only ending the old way can do that. You cannot hold on to the old all the while declaring you want something new. The old will deny the new. The old will decry the new. The old will defy the new. There is only one way to bring the new. You must make room for it. And I want to encourage us right now that some of us have actually just got to choose that that we're going to let go of of some old things. And and our, our theme this year has so much been about stepping into the new. It's been about into the new. And as we've gone through... This whole season, as we look to the future, it's been so true for us that, that we need to step into the new. And, and if we're going to do that, um, I started the, the year speaking about, about new wineskins. Jesus said, you know what, you can't, you, you can't contain everything that I have for you with an old structure or an old pattern. And I think as we let go of some of those things, as we're brave enough to be able to let some of those things die, uh, as we're brave enough to, to let go of some of the things that we perhaps hold sacred, um, you'll be surprised at what, is, what can be replaced, at what Jesus will put into the new.